Well, at the start of the Warriors' eight-game homestand, people were happy. The Warriors looked good. But over the last two games against the Detroit Pistons, now against the Orlando Magic, not as good. They've lost two in a row. Tonight's game was ugly. It was disappointing. I'm going to break it down, explain maybe why they lost. Not a lot to look at in terms of positives, folks. And truth is, the Golden State Warriors are about to reach the halfway point of this season, and they're sitting at 500. All right? Things are not great. There's a lot to talk about. It's Saturday Night Live. I'm solo. I'm feeling a little feisty. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. It's a live show. I got the stream going. I would love your input. Hello, everyone. Dennis B, do you want me to start with you? A lamb apology? Hell no. How about this? How about you apologize for being an, a lamb apologist because while Anthony Lamb did have a solid first half, it was actually a great first half. He went five for 10 from uh, beyond the arc. But in the second half, and this has been something I've been criticizing these two-way players about all season. They The stats mask the fact that they routinely do not come through when needed, all right? These are inopportune scores. Anthony Lamb in the second half was 0 for 4. At 6-5, he was 1 for 2 on two-point shots with one of those shots being blocked. And most importantly, folks, my barometer for any judgment when it comes to a roster, when it comes to the NBA, when it comes to teams, is wins and losses, all right? The Warriors are 20 and 20. They just lost two games in a row at home. I understand the injuries are a big deal, but this Warriors team in all the years of success have relied on that cliche that rings true, strength in numbers. You can throw all those worthless stats that you want, Dennis B, and anyone else talking about Anthony Lamb, because the only stat that mattered is the win and the loss. They lost tonight. They've lost two games in a row now. And the fact that the Warriors are relying on these two-way players is not a recipe for success. Regardless of what happens, in all likelihood, both these players are going to be off the roster for the postseason, right? It would shock me if both these players were signed to guarantee deals for the postseason. Maybe one, I could see it, but I highly doubt it's going to happen for both because you'd have to cut a player. I don't see the Warriors cutting Jermichael Green. The more, the more I'm hearing and discussing, that's probably not going to happen. And regardless, this is probably the more important point about Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome. If you're relying on them in the postseason, you're not repeating as world champions. Plain and simple. So I am not apologizing, first of all, to any player that I ever criticize on this show, just because this is a sports talk show. T criticism is part of the game. So in that rare moment, if I am wrong, um, I'll admit it. I've, I've admitted it in the past. 
but I'm certainly not going to apologize for a critique that may not be entirely astute, but I will say this. I don't think my criticism of those two players is unfounded. They're fine. I'm, I don't mind them being on the team. I don't mind them being, being a part of the roster. Um, but I don't like the fact that in tonight's stat sheet, when I'm studying the, the Warriors, again, who lost tonight, 115 to 101 at home. I, I haven't looked at the standings yet to see if the Warriors have lost the title of best home team in the NBA. But that's a two-game losing streak at home now. The two teams they lost to, the Detroit Pistons, who are they're pursuing Wemby, Wembanyama. And the Orlando Magic, who sort of are in that similar boat. The Orlando Magic are, after tonight, 15 and 25 on the year. The Warriors, even with Stephen Curry, even with Klay Thompson out, should not be losing these games. And when I look at a stat sheet and I'm seeing Moses Moody, who I've had one person on Twitter tonight say they don't think he's, quote unquote, earned the minutes on this team. What do you base that on? That's entirely subjective. Moses Moody tonight played nine minutes and eight seconds. That's it. All this strategy does is kill his confidence. All this strategy does is prevent development of a lottery pick who has a far higher upside than the two-way players. Who A player who, if you actually develop him, can come through a lot more than the two-way players in the postseason where it counts. A player who, by the way, started what, two or three postseason games in the Western Conference Finals against the Dallas Mavericks? So I don't agree with that. And, and ultimately, all of my critique, all everything I ever say on the show comes down to one simple thing, wins and losses, all right? The Golden State Warriors right now are lucky because in the Western Conference, a lot of other teams are struggling right now. So the Warriors entering tonight were the sixth seed despite being 20-19. They're now 20-20. and 20. For a team that's pursuing a repeat world championship, I personally just do not find that acceptable. I'm not cool with that. And for anyone who's saying Moody isn't good enough, like Tote the Goat right here, or Tote the Goat, why? What do you base that on? Just your opinion? Because look, this I'll give you the stats, for example, right? Moses Moody, from last year to this year, his field goal percentage has increased from 43.7% last year as a shooter to 45.7%. Last year, he was a 36.4 three-point shooter. This year, he's a 37.2% three-point shooter. His scoring average has gone up from 4.4 to 5.4. Super meager, but then when you consider he's only playing 15.4 minutes per game, you start averaging that up. If he's, playing, uh, if he's playing 25 minutes, he might be averaging double figures. The point is we don't know because he doesn't play consistently. He doesn't play enough. And I'm just not a fan of this strategy. I'm not. And the bottom line is, for anyone who's sitting here defending what's going on with this team this year, they're 20 and 20, and they've just lost two straight games at home. All right. This is not something that people should just be like content with. Um, sorry if standards from my perspective are ridiculously high because this is a dynasty, folks. Um, I want to start things off, though, by playing some sound from Steve Kerr uh, because what, what was a huge. Uh, uh, shock to the system i think if you're a warriors fan or if you're just a, an nba fan if you're just watching this game tonight was the fact that clay thompson last minute um was pulled from the game uh it was it was incredibly last minute no one even knew why uh he wasn't playing at first um and then here's steve kerr uh after the game going into detail um about why clay was pulled the condition of his knee this is the same knee by the way that three and a half years ago he had the torn ACL and the and the and the uh, reconstructive surgery after that, 
So here is Kerr uh, explaining what exactly is going on uh, with Clay Thompson. Clay obviously didn't play with left left knee soreness. Did that come up after warmups? Has it been lingering? Yeah, he, just... it got sore during warmups, and the training staff looked at him and just uh, for precautionary reasons um, kept him out of the game. Not long term concern. No. Did he get any like testing on it? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I, the training staff just said we're going to keep him out because it's bothering him and precautionary. He and Clay Thompson looked bummed. Like, like he had. It's funny how he shows his emotions. Uh, routine. <laughs> you can just read on his face how he's feeling. He was pissed. Um, and and look, Clay entering tonight has, especially during this homestand, has been playing some fantastic basketball. Um, he's averaging thirty three point six points per game during the homestand, um, which strongly contradicts how he played on the road uh, in in that six game road trip before this. Um, and what's particularly staggering uh, is the last four games, um, Clay has had the highest scoring average of his career over a four-game stretch. That's insane. So losing him suddenly, especially when, when he's been on a roll, he's clearly been feeling it, uh, you know, he can't be happy. No one is happy about this. Um, and that was a huge bummer. And so we saw Dante DiVincenzo in the starting lineup last-minute scratch again for Clay. So that was certainly an eye-opener. Um, we're going to talk about Andre Iguodala because this is his first game all season. We're going to talk about Andrew Wiggins, his first game back after missing 15 games due to a myriad of issues, including an ab abdominal issue, illness. Um, but what we're, I really want to touch on, because tonight uh, all the people who are complaining about Jordan Poole and the pool party struggling, the turnovers, the the the, the poor shot taking, th that that rung true to me tonight. I was watching him closely, and um, he's struggling. And and we got to talk about him. We're gonna do that in just a moment. Uh, first, I give some love to um, a relatively new sponsor. That's TurboTax. Is tax season already here? That is frightening stuff, folks. Look. Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes a lullaby. Hope not taxes sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset. With the TurboTax 100% expert guarantee, an expert will do your taxes from start to finish so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full service products only, video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See uh, guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. So Jordan Poole has to be brought up because 
this was not a great game for him tonight. In fact, this was not a great game for the Warriors in general. There's going to be a lot of stats. Um, <laughs> by the way, AC, yeah, that commercial, that TurboTax commercial, that you do use the word tax a lot. It's a script. I got to read it. Um, but as they say, repetition oftentimes uh, leads to uh, effective marketing. So that's probably what was going on there. Um, so Jordan Poole. Now, I, until tonight, I've been a very staunch defender of him. And I'm still in, in the big picture. Look, the Warriors, they his his brand new contract doesn't even kick in until next year. Uh, he's a starter unless you have the Splash Brothers, then he's your sixth man. He's entrenched. He's a part of this team. You you live and die with him. Last year, they, you know, they won a championship with him. And he played a, a relatively pivotal role in all that. So it's not like you have options here. It's not like you could say, all right, we're just going to, you know, sit you for a week or you're just going to get benched and not see any minutes. You, you can't roll like that. Uh, you know, this is where coaching comes into play. This is where introspection comes into play. This is where film study comes into play. I, I don't, this is where clearly only those internally have the true answers for this. But I do want to uh, read his struggles lately because they're real. And more specifically over the last 10 games. All right. His scoring average is fine. He's averaging over the last 10 games, 28.6 points per game. That's solid. I mean, the, the most important stat besides wins and losses, but as an individual, is clearly points. That's that's how you win games, right? So when you're averaging 28.6, that's a strong clip. But then the moment you start looking into it, you see, for example, the three-point percentage. And that's been really abysmal. He's only shooting the last 10 games 28.6%. All right, that's not good. That is just not good. Um, and, and again, we, we don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, in terms of how to fix that, now, you know, like Stephen Curry, his whole mantra when he's quote unquote struggling is just to continue shooting. Right. Um, he also puts in a lot of extra hours in the gym when he's going through a slump. Clay Thompson has attested to the same thing. Jordan Poole's work ethic has never been in question. Um, you know, it's it's actually been one of the most remarkable things about him. Him and Stephen Curry are always the first two people uh, to, to, to be at the practice facilities they're always the last two to leave the facilities. Um, and in fact, that's one thing, you know, for, for all the criticism I've given Anthony Lamb, I do have to give him a lot of kudos. His work ethic, I strongly believe, is a huge reason why he's getting the minutes he's getting. Um, he is following a regimen similar to Steph and Jordan Poole. So props to Lamb for that. Um, but so but Poole, I don't know. I, I, the, the problem is the moment you try to control a player like Jordan Poole in terms of his shot, shot selection, you're now getting into his mind. You're, and that's the last thing you want to do is mess with, the, with an individual's confidence. But 28.6% from beyond the arc. And that's one of two really like eye-opening, concerning stats. The other one is turnovers. And the Warriors tonight were killed in the, in the turnover game. Jordan Poole, uh, over the last 10 games, is averaging 4.9 turnovers per game. Um, in tonight's uh, matchup, uh, if I look at the stat sheet right now, he had four turnovers. So actually below um, his average over the last 10, but it, still four is, is not something to be proud of either. That's a lot of turnovers. So he's averaging 4.9 turnovers over the last 10 games. And when you look at these three-point numbers in terms of what he's heating up um, over the last 10 games, I just want to read these real quick because they're not good. I mean, they're, they're like abysmally bad numbers. Um, so over the last 10, 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna go all the way back to I guess the uh, the the New York Knicks game, where from beyond the arc he went two for eight. Uh, the next game was the Brooklyn Nets. He shot one for eleven from three against the Memphis Grizzlies. A, a huge statement game to the Warriors. won. he was three for ten uh, against the Charlotte Hornets. One for seven against the Utah Jazz. Two for ten. The only decent night he's had during the stretch was at home against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, he shot 50% from beyond the arc in that game. He was 5 for 10. Then against the Atlanta Hawks, 2 for 12. 16.7% shooting. Against the Detroit Pistons, a game they lost, 3 of 10. And then tonight he was 2 for 11 from beyond the arc. Meanwhile, during the same stretch, turnovers. Against the Knicks, he had 4, 7, 5, Three is all right against Charlotte. Not great, but it's okay. Six against Utah. Seven turnovers against the Trailblazers. Six turnovers against the Hawks. And then three and four uh, when it comes to the Pistons and the Magic. The point is, that's got to get fixed. Okay, that's just got to get fixed. I mean, I, I don't, you know, his. I actually think his defense has been doing okay, um, relatively speaking by his standards. But those numbers I just read off, like, you know, that's those are the that's the kind of shooting he was pulling his his rookie year. Like made everyone cringe, right? Um, I don't know if shot selection is the answer to that. His form does look a little weird. Um, yeah, and and Jamie Jamie U 22, where you write Miss Kaminga. Um, I agree. He was missed tonight, and I'll touch on that in just a moment. Um, but Jordan Poole really has to do something about that shot. Um, you know, and Bruce Morrow writes that he's trying too hard, uh, and that's what's killing him of his slippery sneakers. I don't know about that, but um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. So, um, regardless, like again, this and this is where look, man, if, if whether you're a head coach, whether you're an assistant coach, whether it's uh Jama Mama Jama Malalela, um, whether it's Kenny Atkinson, uh, you know, there's like if there's a staff of five or six assistants there. This is what you're paid to do. You're, you work with Jordan Poole and figure something out, please, because that needs to change. Um, now the Warriors tonight were crushed in two huge categories, and I do have to touch on this because, and this leads to Jonathan Kaminga, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, the Warriors were absolutely slaughtered tonight when it comes to points in the paint, easily was the, the difference in this whole game. Uh, in terms of points in the paint, a stat that I just had in front of me, and now it's like went poof on me. Um, I believe they were outscored. Oh, I found it here. Points in the paint. The Magic shot 26 of 41 um, inside the paint. 52 points. Almost close to half of their total tonight was just near the rim. The Warriors only scored 26. So the Magic literally doubled the Golden State Warriors points in the paint tonight, 52 to 26. Now, if you're asking yourself, okay, how do we fix that? Like, why did that happen? That's where Jonathan Kaminga is missed. That's a huge part of why he has risen tremendously this season. I mean, he went from being a player who, you know, you were really impressed with his dunks. You were impressed with his athleticism. He showed flashes of having really strong feel for the game. But clearly, Kerr was not having whatever Kaminga was doing. And so we've seen this kind of, you know, evolution in his game where he's focusing a lot more on defense, a lot more on rebounding. Um, you know, he's he's a 6'8", you know, Adonis of an athlete. And 
Um, so he was missed. And another player that was missed tonight, you know, and this is a very polarizing figure, but James Wiseman, you know, we saw him in that Memphis game. That Memphis game was huge. Um, excuse me, doing the solo can be tricky at times. Uh, and, and I feel like Wiseman was missed as well. He could have helped, but this is also, and look, I'm not, I'm not trying to like bash on Anthony Lamb. I'm just trying to uh, let people know that this is the limitation of relying so much on a player like Lamb, who in tonight's game, again, he had a, he had a solid game. All right. And, and, We'll touch on him in just a second in terms of his production because he did play 33 minutes tonight. He had a career night. But again, at 6'5", um, there's only so much you can do. I mean, defensively, people just shoot routinely over him. Um, he's pretty slow-footed, so also defensively, like, he can be a liability. But on a night like tonight where you're missing Kaminga, you're missing Wiseman, um Kevon Looney for some reason just you know did not bring it at least not offensively he was okay but uh certainly wasn't dominating in the paint um you know he was score he only scored seven points on two shots uh Draymond Green you know it was relatively absent tonight Draymond in fact looked like he was having a lot of problems with Paolo Benchero I mean I rarely if ever see Draymond Green frustrated the way he was you didn't hear him talking that much. That's always like a like a huge flag is when his mouth is shut. That's because he's 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 having a hard night. He's he's battling. And Benchero just really schooled him. Benchero had 25 points, five rebounds. And Draymond Green, meanwhile, um, finished the game with five points, uh, five rebounds, six assists. You know, nothing abnormal in terms of a stat sheet. But from the eye test, watching him play tonight, he just he, again, Benchero was just really schooling him. Uh, and I'll try to pull up uh, pull up some of the stats. Uh, on Draymond's defense in terms of uh, the last last night's game. And the NBA is where usually you find those individual matchup type stats, but those don't come out till the next day. Um, but getting killed in the paint like that, that's just brutal. Um, and this is where, you know, Kylan Mills, my, my you know, partner in crime on the show, she's been harping all year about the Warriors needing another big. And tonight was an example of that. Dude, the Lakers are bringing in DeMarcus Cousins for a tryout. They're likely going to sign him. This is a former member of the Warriors, you know, and supposedly Steve Kerr and him have some sort of issue. I don't think it's anything serious. It could be just philosophical, but DeMar the Warriors want nothing to do with DeMarcus Cousins and they don't want anything to do with anybody, apparently, uh, because they rarely, if ever make, you know, pool midseason trades, um, they rarely, you know, go to the buyout market to find another big. But this is this is the price you're paying for small ball. You have nights like this. And again, it, it really hurt, though that they did not have um, Wiseman uh, and Kaminga. When we come back, um, I'm going to see what people have been saying. <laughs> yeah, Lloyd T., you're absolutely correct. Kerr is anti-bigs. Um, and, and Tony, I'm not, I'm, look, I'm not crying until the cows come home about the Warriors getting a big. It's, I, they're not making a move. This is, you're going to live and die with this roster. I'm, if, when, when, I'm happy with Wiseman. I'm okay with him playing those five to ten minutes, just grabbing rebounds, at least being a presence inside to make shots difficult for the other team, right? At a bare minimum, that's what you get for having a seven-footer out there. Um, but it would be nice if they, you know, at least considered it, or at least, you know, we got some speculation out there that they're thinking about getting somebody. Um, but 52 to 26 in the paint, that is just brutal. Uh, well, And we're going to have a lot more show still to come. One thing that is for certain tonight, the Orlando Magic ate their built bars and the Golden State Warriors. I don't know why. Maybe they just... They don't shop at Walmart because now you can actually find built bars at Walmart, Sam's Club, 
Um, but this is what happens. You know, the land or the Orlando Magic eat their built bars and they beat the Golden State Warriors. It's that simple. And I'm totally making all of that up. But it sounds real. It's believable. Um, and look, built bars are absolutely delicious. Uh, they're and one of the biggest reasons why they're so appealing and they're they're so they're yummy. But what makes them really amazing is on average, each bar has 17 grams of protein. And at the same time, besides being covered in 100 percent real chocolate, you only get four grams of sugar on average per bar. Sugar is a is a toxin, folks. It's a carcinogenic. Uh, it, it's it's just not something your body should be consuming. And I know it's easier said than done. So so built bars are low in sugar. They and they're low in calories. On average, only one hundred thirty. They got a ton of yummy flavors. And just head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or coconut puffs. They're of course still available online as well um, at built.com. And if you're close to Sam's club, run in, grab a 13 bar box with their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. And you can thank us later. You are locked on warriors, your daily golden state warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. (laughs) Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. I'm laughing because uh, Andre uh, throwing some digs at James Wiseman writing, when I see Wiseman with his stupid hair, I I just wish he was on the I hope you're not really judging people based on their hairstyle out there. Uh, maybe I shouldn't be laughing so hard at that, but that was kind of funny. It was just so random. Um, so Anthony Lamb, real quick, just to wrap it up again, career night for him and, and kudos. Um, you know, he, he finished the game with a, a career high 26 points, um, grabbed eight rebounds. I'll say this about Anthony Lamb tonight that I actually really liked, which is he attacked the paint a few times. He attacked the rim. I'm sorry from the post. He's, I mean, for, you know, he's six, five, that's a huge limitation. But he is strong. You know, he's got an inside presence. He's a decent rebounder. And I would like it if he muscled his way in there, a la like Charles Barkley style, because they're pretty much the same height. He doesn't have uh, Chuck's athleticism, but you don't really need that to have a good post game. And there are a few, few times tonight where he was attacking the paint, making easy buckets. I would like to see more of that. Anthony Lamb had a terrific first half, a, an unbelievable first half. He was 5 for 10 from beyond the arc. Um, I think he hit his first four threes. It was three or four. I, I can't remember which one. Um, and, and he was lighting it up. But then the second half comes. He was 0 for 4 from beyond the arc. Uh, he was only 1 for 6 from the field. Um, you know, so basically he only made one shot, and that was a layup. And his only other two-point attempt was a layup attempt that was blocked, which, again, highlights that 6-5 limitation. Um, so, and that's where I feel like, you know, look, if you if – if the shot, if that outside shot is not falling and you're as, as strong as you are, attack the paint, attack the rim, get inside. I, he does have a good feel for the game down low. So, you know, I, I'll give him his credit for that. Um, and then I want to give credit as well to Dante DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo! I thought, dude, he, I love this guy. I really hope the Golden State Warriors uh, present some sort of contract extension. I'm not counting on it. 
Um, but it would be so amazing. I, I would love to see this kid be a long-term fixture of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, had another great night, you know, 15 points, 5 for 12 from the field. Um, all his five shots were three-point attempts. He was actually 5 for 11 from deep and then had an extra uh, field goal attempt from two that he missed. Um, and he also grabbed eight rebounds. He's actually been doing a, a, a phenomenal job as a rebounder this season. Um, I want to pull up his numbers real quick. I don't His season average in rebounding, so it's at 4.6. But over the last 10, um, he's averaging six rebounds per game. So it's, it's almost like a skill set that he's actually uh, building as the season goes on. So, um, all right, let's see what's going on here in the chat real quick before we call it a night. I'm going to bounce over, by the way, to uh, the Krug show with my friend Larry Kruger. Um, if you folks want to continue this there, uh, the traveling, Ooh, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. The traveling, uh, Arquides writes, I think Myers goes to the Lakers. Uh, Kyle and I, uh, uh, I feel like we, we touched on this subject in great detail on Friday's show, but I don't mind bringing it up again. The fact that Lakeup has tried now twice, this is according to Joe Lakeup. The fact that on two different occasions now, They've offered Bob Myers a contract extension and he turned it down um, is alarming. That is like, like that's not normal. Uh, you know, I decided to actually reach out to a lot of insiders, you know, even a couple of former execs just to kind of get their feel for how normal or abnormal this is. Um, this is abnormal. Okay. This is now that look, he could easily come back and all this, uh anxiety over the over the possibility of losing bob myers could be for not but this is not normal and no cap uh 757 if you're right you wrote that uh that lakeup i'll read verbatim what you wrote lakeup is lowballing him as he should he's not good look at this roster I, dude i mean he's over he's he's literally overseeing a dynasty you got to give him credit for that i mean um and, and in all honesty i there's been a clear chasm between Bob Myers and Kerr. And maybe maybe the more accurate way of describing that would be the front office and Kerr. Um, we don't really know if Bob Myers' vision is successful or not because Kerr doesn't like it. This is the first time in the dynasty where they've had two different visions this year. Um, and we don't know if it's financial-based. We don't know if it's uh, uh, just subjective-based in terms of ownership and or Myers really liking lottery picks and wanting to see them play more Kerr does it. So I, I don't know if you can blame Myers for this roster given Kerr is not putting on the canvas uh, everything that Myers wants painted, if that makes sense. Um, and to toast the goat rights. This dynasty was handed to him. Steve Kerr. I'm sorry. Stephen Curry was handed to him. Um, now you could make the argument Stephen Curry is the dynasty. If that's what you're saying, yeah, then you're right. But Bob Myers under his regime, they drafted everyone else, everyone else. So, uh, I, you know, I, and he also, you know, he also hired Steve Kerr. Um, so I don't know if you could really say that. Um, I also don't know. Uh, I agree that this roster is lacking, but again, in Bob Myers vision, James Wiseman's getting 15 to 25 minutes a night. Jonathan Kaminga is getting, you know, 15 to 30 minutes a night. Moses Moody, the same. That's not Kerr's vision. They have different visions this year. I, I'm of the belief that if, if the team had followed Bob Meyer's vision from the start, they would be much better off right now. That, that's, that's my opinion on it. There's no way any of us can be right or wrong because 
This is all just conjecture. But um, regardless, the fact that Myers might leave is kind of crazy. Um, Coach K, oh, I like trade proposals. Coach K writes, um, Andrew Wiggins and James Wise. Wow, you're already like trading Wiggins, huh? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's just kind of crazy to me uh andrew wiggins and james wiseman and jonathan kaminga for siakam and anobi no thank you no i'm gonna pass on that that's just too much to to give up um how about another trade proposal and nick j writes by the way i'm not uh that bob myers is holding out for a lifetime supply of built bars you never know uh so coach k another trade proposal Wiggins and Wiseman and Kaminga again. So you you have no strong feelings about any of those three for Vucevic and Patrick Williams. Hell no, dude. I like Patrick Williams, but Vucevic is is on a uh, on an expiring deal. He's an overrated big. He plays no defense. No, you can't do that. Um, ask for more, Coach K. That's what I would recommend. Uh, if you're going to be like presenting those three players, an all star in Wiggins a potential future all-star in Kaminga and Wiseman. Who knows? Doubtful at this point, but you never know. Um, you gotta, you got to ask for more. you got to get more back. Come on. Yeah, and exactly. Bruce Morrow writes, Wiggins will not be traded. He's not going to get traded, especially considering that he agreed to that contract extension, which so favored the Golden State Warriors. He's not going anywhere. I would agree with that. Um, so Nick J writes, oh, dude, yeah, bring these trade proposals, man. I love these. Uh, Wiseman, Moody, and a first-rounder for Jared Vanderbilt. Let me real quickly look up Jared Vanderbilt's uh, contract because I don't have that in front of me. And that is a vitally important variable in making this assessment. Um, and usually the website I go to for this information is SpotTrack. Um, their, their information is verifiable and it's easy to see. All right. So Jared Vanderbilt um, will be an unrestricted free agent after next year. Uh, so his salary next year is only going to be 4.6 million. All right. So, so it's incredibly cap friendly. I'm trying to see if, uh, so he will be an unrestricted free agent though after next year. So there is that possibility you lose him um, in a little over a year, which is a bit concerning with that said, uh, I wouldn't, I'll say this. I wouldn't hate it. And like if, if the Warriors pull that trade, it's not like a, I would, I'd be like, all right, let's roll. Let's see how this goes. I like Vanderbilt a lot. I, I, I think Vanderbilt would be an excellent addition to this team. Um, Bruce Morrow writes, you guys really hate Wiseman. I don't. Don't count me in that. I I just, I like, look, the, the, the part of this whole season that rubs me the wrong way is I want to see these guys play real minutes for extended periods of time before making judgments on them, right? Um, I don't think Wiseman is Marvin Bagley bad where you just know immediately that it's not going to work. I don't I don't see that. That's not a correlation to me. I need to see Wiseman play some real minutes over an extended period of time. And then if you're not seeing growth, if you're not seeing production at that point, fine, then judge him. But right now, I mean, you see him for like spot minutes. You, you, you know, I, it's I, how can you judge him? You just can't judge him right now um no cap uh I, can you repeat your last chat or let me see what i can find here this is a live show trying to keep this professional uh and i cannot find what your last chat is oh here uh look back on my last chat this bench versus this one are you you're killing my show man you're killing the show come on what are you doing here um all right so i'm gonna go over to the larry kruger show uh join me there the party's gonna continue on it's saturday night um <laughs> so we'll see how it goes but look 
realistically, this is the bottom line here. Okay, let's just let's just stick to facts for 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 a moment. The Warriors, in all likelihood, outside of outside of this upcoming road trip being just a complete disaster, um, because the competition is so weak that if they're losing, if they're losing to like the Spurs on the road and those kind of games, outside of some sort of disaster like that, we're probably not going to see a trade. Okay, like history says, Bob Myers, the front office ownership. They don't like making trades in the middle of the season. The, the, the one exception to that was the Andrew Wiggins trade uh, where they gave up D'Angelo Russell. And that was a lost season. That was a move made for the long term. Um, so outside of that, they don't make changes. This is an organization that likes to just stick with what they have and and build on that. And look, it's a formula that's worked. How can you hate on it? Um, so this is the team. And right now, like, I look, they're 20 and 20. They still own the worst road record in the NBA. Uh, you know, they got one more game on this homestand uh, Tuesday in Phoenix. Uh, that's a game that I'm, I'm going to be going to. I haven't been to a game in a while, partly because I got this awesome English Bulldog this year, but he's like a puppy and it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And then I also have to find a place to live. I'm sorry to get all personal here, but point is I'm going to a game on Tuesday. Um, and then after that, the Warriors are are on a five game road stretch and folks, if like, if they're struggling, if there's, let's say like two, three games below 500 at the conclusion of that road trip, which by the way is going to be in Cleveland and that game follows a game in Boston. Um, they, they got to make changes. This is, this is not a team that resembles a world championship squad. Um, a lot of people are, are kind of, you know, trying to find comfort in the idea that, that they're good enough as all they got to do is make the playoffs. It doesn't matter what seed they are. I think it does matter a little bit. Like, first of all, like this is a team that clearly does not play well on the road. So I think I would imagine they want to have some sort of home court advantage. This is also a team that is just really just, uh, uh, you know, rub it like wearing the tires on their veterans. I mean, my expectation coming into the season was Steph, Clay, Dre, Wiggins, they would not be logging 35, 40 minute nights that they'd be putting in more like 25, 30 minute nights, taking a lot of nights off, not because of injury, so that they're rested for the postseason. That is not how this team is rolling this year. So it, it, the difference between a play in and and just, you know, getting in as a six seed or higher could be huge. That one two game difference when you're talking about energy levels that are not infinite could play a factor in all this. It's all I'm saying. I, I'm just I'm just not super happy right now is what I'm trying to say. And if you're a member of Dub Nation and you're really like looking at this team and you're aspiring for a repeat world championship, there should be a little concern there. Like this team has to make some tweaks, has to do something. And let's just hope current company does that. Um, Kurt should never forget Shane West writes. Uh, he teamed up with a tall guy named Luke Longley. You're absolutely correct. Um <laughs> Toast the goats race. No one is happy. Side. <laughs> I mean, look. I'll, like I, the the bright side. Let's finish on a positive note. The the bright side to all this is when you look at the standings for for the Western Conference right now. And this is why, like, they're, the Warriors aren't doing a damn thing. Um, the Warriors, even after tonight with a 500 record, are currently tied for the seventh seed. They're a half game behind the Clippers for the sixth seed. They're a game and a half behind the Sacramento Kings for the fifth seed. Is anyone out there, even with everything going on, 
that panicked about the Warriors not being able to catch up to the Sacramento Kings. No disrespect to Mike Brown, but I do think the Warriors are a better team than the Kings. And then they're, the Warriors currently right now are three games back of the Dallas Mavericks for the fourth seed. That gap is starting to grow. The Dallas Mavericks are on a run right now. Um, they've won eight of their last 10. And I think realistically, like as the season progresses, like that fourth seed and higher could start to become like an, an unattainable mark. So if you're the Warriors, you're hoping for a, for a five seed, for a six seed, um, you know, I, yeah, anyways, um, but whatever. I, I, I really think ultimately the goal should be for the, just don't get into the plan or avoid the plan. Make that the goal for the regular season. And then from there, hopefully, you know, good things happen. And totally, Shane, absolutely. Tydro Mech's contract, I'm so with you. Um, he needs to rename himself Sidrome first. Um, and yeah, and Ray, by the way, all kidding aside, Ray, by the way, um, makes a great point that the, the, the problems with this team ultimately are defense. The Warriors defense is not that good this year. Um, and, and one example of that, I'm glad you brought that up, Ray. I'll, I'll end on this note. Um, the game of basketball, we've seen these staggering scoring numbers this year, right? So, for example, if you look at uh, the NBA's scoring leaders, and I'll pull up right now who the, who the top five are, just in scoring, individually. Luka Doncic right now leads the NBA in scoring at 34 points per game. That's a, that's a huge number. Um, number two, Joel Embiid, 33.5. Number three, Giannis Antetokounmpo is averaging 32 points per game. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is averaging 30.9 points per game. Jason Tatum is fifth in the NBA in scoring at 30.7. Kevin Durant is sixth at 30 points per game. Stephen Curry is currently out of this because of the number of games he's missed due to injury, but I believe Steph is also averaging 30. So if you count them in there, that's seven players who are currently at the midway point of the NBA season. We're only a game, a game out from that, who are averaging 30 points or more per year. I, I've, I don't think that's ever happened. Like if this if this holds, this will clearly be a record set in terms of the number of players who are averaging 30 or more points per game. And that also extends uh, to team offense. Like right now, if you look at the stat leaders uh, for, for offense, for scoring, um, right now the number one offense in the NBA, the Boston Celtics, they average 118.7 points per game. Um, the Warriors right now... Uh, offensively they're fourth averaging 117.2 but my point is the worst offense in the nba right now are the miami heat they average 108.9 in years past bad offensive teams usually were averaging in the 90s right there were seasons i remember where bad teams were averaging 80 something points per game offenses have skyrocketed and a huge reason for that is that players have really figured out um, the spacing on the floor, obviously the three-point shooting has drastically improved. And that that balance, that, that line between the three-point shot and recognizing the right amount of space to attack on a court, I feel, based on just observation skills, on all the stats I just presented to you, players have figured it out. And one thing that the Warriors defensively are not doing, and I, and you folks just think about this for a little bit and watch us in future games, because I've been seeing this all season long, and tonight really it stuck out to me as something that I think defensively the Warriors have to improve on. 
at this point in the evolution of basketball, as a defender, when you're when you're defending someone in the perimeter, you cannot let them have open threes. All right, that is an idea that just has to get out of your head permanently because every player out there, for the most part, can shoot threes. They're damn good at it. And what you see a lot still with the Warriors, and this is Draymond Green doing it. This is Andrew Wiggins doing it. This is everyone doing it. These are some of the best defenders on the planet doing this. They sometimes will either fake blocking the three so that they can prepare for the, the opposing player to attack the rim and penetrate. Because that is what happens if you if you play up to the man defensively and try to prevent those three-point shots, it makes it a lot easier for them to attack and make the easy two. But when you're playing the, the, the law of percentages, you know, the law of numbers, at this stage in the, in the NBA game, you have to like favor defending that three and not leaving open threes versus a player having the easier possibility of a driving layup or dunk or some sort of cutter coming in for, for to finish the play. What I'm trying to say is, is that the Warriors routinely are just leaving open three-point shooters out there, and that just has to end. That has to end. I don't know why they're doing that, um, but the game of basketball has evolved to the point now where everyone's hitting their three-point shots. If you give someone just the tiniest bit of space, they will burn you for that. And for some reason, the Warriors will still oftentimes just let other teams and players shoot those threes like they, they kind of back off and give space and that has to stop that has to stop that's just from what i'm seeing with the warriors that is a part of their defense i don't know if, if there's a correlation there between them just you know suddenly like leaving these open threes and that turns into the warriors defense being one of the worst in the nba still uh and just to put it in perspective uh in terms of um opponents points the warriors right now are 27th out of 30 teams in the nba they give up 117.6 points per game. That's awful. That's just awful. Um, and that's just one thing I have seen is that they're just leaving shooters open. Like they're they're like Draymond Green will oftentimes dare shooters to take threes instead of attacking the paint. And they're just going, okay, I'll, I'll happily do this. And 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 they're going in. And so that that mentality of of you know like the the three-point shot is not as likely to go in as you attacking the rim and getting the easy two that mentality that philosophy has to stop because it's really burning the warriors defensively now um so anyways yeah i'm done uh tonight is a good example jill writes and this is fair jill writes that uh that sigh uh they just attacked the freaking paint look at Suggs. you're right and wagner and fultz the warriors were outscored in the paint 50 to 26 tonight you're right tonight is not a good example of what I'm trying to say. But generally speaking, as a whole, I mean, we're talking a 40-game sample size now for the NBA with the Warriors. They're doing this routinely. Um, you're right. Tonight, the, the, the I mean, I don't know if the Magic's points were like driving layups. I feel like Banchero was just backing folks down often. I, I feel like Franz Wagner was just literally just had open lanes. Like there was just no defense even played. There wasn't even, even any aggressiveness. Um, it was just really disappointing as a whole. So... But you make a good point. You're absolutely making a good point. I'm just speaking generally speaking, though, like I, I'm seeing I'm just seeing a lot of open threes and it's driving me crazy. And I'm sure you folks feel the same way, I, I imagine. Um, all right, folks, thank you. I'm going to go see uh, my good buddy, Larry Kruger. Have a great rest of the weekend. Uh, we'll be back at this Monday with Kylan Mills. Um, yeah, 2020. The halfway point of the season is Tuesday at home when the Golden State Warriors host 
the Phoenix Suns. And Rebel, damn it, Rebel, you just had to say that because it's so true, man. That is driving me crazy. Even when the Rebel, the sounds rights, even when the Warriors attack the paint, they do not get calls. That is driving me up the wall. What are you going to do? So it's, it is, it really does feel this year like the Warriors are playing the other team and the officials. And it's, and it's just messed up. But uh, yeah, anyways. All right, folks. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Um, and we'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. And you can find me again at Larry Kruger's show. I'm going there right now.